0: Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me Paul Collis and today I'm going to take a look at the Kaiser Chiefs live on tour with uh, their supporting artists of the Fratellis and the Sherlocks. So it sounds like a real good uh, line up, uh, not often that you get one good band but when you get three good bands all in one day it's great, great to see, very great to see. So today is a four truck show medium-sized show so they will be sharing a lot of equipment but we don't know who is getting what off the top of our heads right now. I say our heads, my head. (laughs) Anyways uh, let's continue. So currently the build is going well and it is 10 past 11 in the morning and they're still looking at what's getting put into position so Currently, stage left, uh, they're working where they're putting in the uh, <laughs> monitor perch. Stage right, you've got a feeder truss just going up with what looks like at the moment three lighting bars front of house one, LX1, and LX2. Not sure exactly what's going on at the moment because I don't think these trusses were pre rigged, they, uh, you know, out of a box and straight on. It looks like a basic rig, but could be wrong, there may be more to go on in a bit, well in fact there's definitely more to go on in a bit, um, because they're still tipping one of the trucks which is probably the lighting truck at the moment to be honest. Right, so what do we have? At the moment I can only see a handful of uh, moving light profiles some LED units, on both uh, Front House 1 and uh, LX2 can't tell what's going on at the moment anywhere else it looks slung underneath the um, feeder truss, you've got a smaller truss on stage right which has got some smaller LED pars, possibly or um, or LED wash units right so at the moment they're winching the bars past working height and the way how it's been rigged up you have to fly all bars at the same time because of where the uh, feeder truss is and if it's got power cables going to every single lighting bar via that feeder truss so it has to fly in one go it can't go independently or you end up snapping a load of cables Wow, we've got two mirror balls which if uh, you've heard in earlier podcasts, I am not a fan of Mirables. I hate them and I believe they should have stayed in the 1980s. But it has one effect that you just cannot replicate anywhere else, and that is that lovely, horrible, garish Mirable effect. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, all the lighting bars are halfway up in the grid out of the way because they're about to start bringing more stuff up onto the stage. Currently, they have a small LED screen at the back of the stage And I'm not sure if there's going to be more panels to go onto it. Maybe or maybe not. I'm not sure just yet But it's at the moment. It's quite a small screen. Uh, It's saying 784 by 336 Anyways So Sound wise they've got stage left line arrays up so you've got one wide and 15 deep set a little bit back 45 degrees out you've got the smaller line array for surround sound effect and that is uh, eight deep and they've flown a uh, stack of subs which are five deep although i've got a feeling that there will be more subs in front of the stage but only time will tell Currently stage rights line arrays are not up in the air yet, they're they're currently building them and the mixing point is a little bit further uh, further forward. Now today's show is also a hybrid show when it comes to seating. So you've got the uh, retractable uh, seating tiers, otherwise known as bleachers. They're all out in their typical horseshoe and the whole space in the middle will be standing space. A nice little hybrid event where people will get to either sit down or stand and I don't think those tickets are allocated so anyone is welcome to go and sit down and especially after a long day at work and being probably drenched because it has been constantly raining for the last couple of days. It'll be a nice welcome relief. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts, but we also have a series of books. The first book is actually two books, it's volume one and volume two, of a tribute to working at sea. The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book, A Tribute To is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things with alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all of these books are in the description below. So the kaiser chiefs are an english indie rock band from leeds who formed in 2000 as parva releasing one studio album 22 in 2003 before renaming and, and establishing and establishing themselves in their current name that same year since the formation the band has consisted of lead vocalist ricky wilson guitarist andrew whitey white bassist simon ricks and keyboardist Nick Peanut Baines and since 2013 drummer VJ Mystery he replaced founding drummer Nick Hodgson following his departure from the band in late 2012. Primarily inspired by New Wave and punk rock music in the late of the late 1970s and 1980s, The band have released seven original studio albums, Employment in 2005, Yours Truly, Angry Mob in 2007, Off With Their Heads in 2008, The Future Is Medieval in 2011, Education, Education, Education and War in uh, 2014, Stay Together in 2016, and Duck in 2019, And and one EP, Lap of Honor in 2005. One compilation album, souvenir, the singles in to- of two thousand and four to two thousand and twelve, released in two thousand and twelve, and numerous singles, including the number one hit song "Ruby." Their album employ their. Album Employment enjoyed critical and commercial success with over, with over 3 million copies sold. It has won the band three Brit Awards, including the Award for Best British Group, an NME Award for Best Album, and was shortlisted for the Mercury Prize. Their UK singles include 2004 and 2005 the number 9 hit I Predict a Riot, 2007 UK number 1 hit Ruby, which are sold over. 461,000 copies from their platinum album yours truly angry mob plus a further two top 20 singles in 2007 with the angry mob and everything else and everything is average nowadays their singles ruby i predict riot every day every day i love you less and less never Miss the beat and my oh my god has sold a combined total of 1.1 million up to august of 2012 and probably more now with uh, modern day downloads. In July 2005, they were chosen to open Bob Geldof's Live 8 Festival in Philadelphia. Their performance was broadcast by satellite to every Live 8 venue around the world, giving, giving the band a massive worldwide exposure. In August 2006, the band released a book entitled A Record of Employment, which along with photos by Peter Hill, documented the band's rise from being unsigned to their triumph at the Brit awards that year where the band won awards for best british band best rock band and best and best new artist later a dvd entitled enjoyment which documented concerts from the first album era was released this showed members of the band hypothetically interviewed when jade when they were jaded rock stars In uh, October 2008 they also appeared on MTV Day in Greece, along with other bands like Greek, Serial, R.E.M. During the appearance of The Late Show with David Letterman, David Letterman spoke to Nick Hodgson about buying the Kaiser Chiefs drum set after a brief discussion between the pair. An undisclosed price was agreed. At the end of the Kaiser Chiefs show at Chicago Houses of Blues in, on the 19th of April 2012, Nick Hodgson announced that this was the final show for his drum kit, which was to be sent to David Letterman. On the on the 12th of August of 2012, the band was featured in the closing ceremony of the London 2012 Olympics, playing "Pinball Wizard" by The Who. In October 2014, Kaiser Chiefs played at the New Adelphi Club in Hull, East Yorkshire, as headline act for the venue's 30th anniversary celebration. A film capturing Kaiser Chiefs' performance was made, which was shown at the Adelphi in January 2015 as part of Independent Music Venue Week. In October 2015, the film was screened at the 2015 Tuscan Film and Music Festival in Arizona, in the United States and the band were the closing acts for f1 live an event showcased a formula one ahead of the 2017 british grand prix held in trafalgar square london on the 12th of july in 2017 which was also broadcast live on sky sports and in september 2022 kaiser chiefs headlined pub in the park at st albans to a huge to huge acclaim so We've heard their discography, let's go over their tours. Sailor they did Employment Tour in 2006, Yours Truly Angry Mob Tour in 2007, Off With Their Heads Tour in 2009, The Futures Medieval Tour in 2012, Souvenir Tour in 2013, Education, Education, Education and War in 2015, Stay Together Tour in 2017, and Duck Tour in 2019 to 2020, which was obviously... Closed short because of the pandemic. The War of Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Muster X Major When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all out war. So Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie, and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent. They soon become aware of the troublesome next door neighbour who makes a point of living in her house for over 50 years. From the moment Chaz arrives and begins to unload, his new neighbour takes an instant dislike to him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The animosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war, it is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon. and. This book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. The Fratellis are a Scottish rock band from Glasgow formed in 2005. The band consists of lead vocalist and guitarist John Fratelli, bassist, barry fratelli and drummer mince fratelli their singles chelsea dagger and whistle for the whistle for the choir were both top 10 hits in uk charts the band's name came from the criminal family in the goonies and received the first radio playing in 2005 on central scotland's beats 106 later xfm scotland now capital scotland beat scene show hosted by jim they were then signed by fallout records after less than 10 shows the band formed after the, ban- the band formed after the band members placed adverts in record stores around glasgow originally forming as a four piece with mints on lead guitar and drummer called chris who was soon fired they played their first proper show on the 4th of March in 2005 in the O. Henry's Bar in Glasgow, across the road from the Horseshoe Bar. The Fratelli's EP was released on the 3rd of April 2006, featuring the tracks Stacey Ann and The Guitari. Creeping Up The Backstairs was never a single released by the band, even though a video was made for it. The first single released by the band was Henrietta, which was released on the 12th of June, 2006, and charted at number 19 on the UK charts. Costello Music was the debut album for the Fratellis and was released on the 1st of September in 2006. It charted at number two in the UK album chart for three weeks. The success of the album led to the Fratellis winning a Brit Award for Best Br- best Breakthrough Brit. Be- the Brit Award for the best British Breakthrough Act in 2007, an award that was voted for by the BBC Radio 1 listeners. The Fratelli supported Kasabian in December 2006 on their UK tour before playing 10 dates by themselves in February and March in 2007. The tour of the UK festival circuit, playing at Glastonbury and headlining at festivals such as Enemies' Rock and Riot tour, Oxygen in 2007 and Tea in the Park in 2007 amongst others. They also opened for the Police Reunion Tour in the summer of 2007 in some of the North America dates. The Fratellis also recorded some cover songs during the year including All Along the Watchtower for Radio One's 40th Anniversary double album, Radio One Established 1967 and Solid Gold Easy Action for the soundtrack of the film Hot Fuzz which 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 also included the single Baby Fratelli. So there's been a some side projects. So during the band downtime, John went on to form a new band with singer-songwriter Lou Hickley called Codeine Velvet Club. He released a self-titled album with the band in December 2009 and touring during late 2009 and early 2010. The band came to a finish when he decided to become a solo artist. He released his debut studio album Psycho Jukebox in 2010 and intended to release a second titled Bright Night Flowers in 2012 but this was shelved due to the Fratelli's reuniting. Barry initially stated that he was starting his own musical project and would let Fratelli's fans know about it via the Fratelli's website. He didn't let fans know his musical ventures until November 2011 where he revealed he had joined Birmingham band The Twang, who he played with until August 2012. When he rejoined the Fratellis, he is he is also a regular on the DJ circuit and still DJs now when he can. Mintz initially joined a heavy metal band called Thorn O Diablo before leaving the band for unknown reasons. He would go on to join John Solo's band as a second drummer backing vocals and occasional guitarist during live shows for his Psycho G-Box tour. After recording of In Your Own Sweet Time, John had quietly re-recorded and shelved 2012 Sado album Bright Night Flowers and after the main bulk of time was finished for In Your Own Sweet Time, John announced his Sado album would be released in February 2019, supported with two shows in London and Glasgow. His first solo show in six years featured nearly the entirety of Bright Night Flowers with only one song from his previous solo album showing up along with the Fratelli's favourites Whistle for the Choir and Laughing Gas in rearranged films and a series of covers. So touring members of the band, so additional members basically, so session musicians, we have Will Foster on electric keyboard and piano, Ryan Quigley on trumpet, Paul Town Row on saxophone and The Wild Tonics on backing vocals. And here is their discography, so you got Castello Music in 2006, Here We Stand in 2008, We Need Medicine in 2013, Eyes Wide Tongue Tied in 2015, In Your Own Sweet Time in 2018 and Half Drunk Under the Full Moon in 2021. Right, so we've gone over the Fratellis and we're going to go over the final support, the Sherlocks. The Sherlocks are a rock band from Sheffield, South Yorkshire. The band consists of brothers Kieran and Brendan Crook along with Alex Proctor and Trent Jackson. The band played at Reading and Leeds festivals in 2015. The single Heart of God received airplay from BBC Radio 1's Anne Mac, Hugh Stevens, Greg James and BBC Six Music, Steve Lamax. The fourth single Last Night was released in February 2016 with the band being invited by BBC introduced to play the SXSW festival in March 2016 in Austin, Texas. The band also played in Manchester's part of Dot to Dot Festival in May 2016, followed by once more playing at the Leeds and Reading Festival 2016. In 2016, they supported the Libertines as part of their arena tour. The Sherlocks released their fifth single, You Will Be There on the 15th of September 2016. The Sherlock's announced they had been signed by Infectious Music on the 19th of December in 2016. A limited edition 7-inch vinyl of Will You Be There was released in early January 2017, entering the official UK vinyl singles chart at number one on the 13th of January. On the 26th of January 2017, the band released their sixth single, Was It's Really Worth It?, with the video appearing online on Valentine's Day on the 14th of February, which also topped the official UK vinyl singles chart. In early 2020, brothers Josh Davidson and Andy Davidson decided to leave the band and later, in November 2020, the band announced that Alex Proctor would join the band on the guitar with Trent Jackson on bass. A new album was also mentioned at this time for release in 2021. On the 25th of April in 2017, the Sherlocks announced their debut album, Live For The Moment, released on the 18th of August 2017, as well as their seventh single, Chasing Shadows, of which the video was released on on the 27th of April 2017. On the 8th of June 2019, the band played at Elland Road Stadium for the celebration of 100 years of Leeds United, supporting Carter Chiefs and The Vaccines. And then on the 17th of June 2019, it was announced the band would release their second album, Under Under Your Sky, on the 4th of October 2019. They also announced a UK and European tour on this date, which they will play songs from their Live For The Moment tracks on the 17th of june 2019 the sherlocks also announced their track nyc sing it loud would feature on bbc radio one played by annie mac and on the 12th of july 2019 the band played at castlefield bowl supporting the kooks alongside other indie band seagulls so the discography is live for the moment in 2017 under your sky in 2019 and this year world I understand right so now we've heard a little bit about the Sherlock's we're gonna continue on with the build we'll be back after this check the mic and make sure it sound right boys. Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes Bad Dog, Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards all three of these books are meme books and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes which are definitely not for children or the easily offended these are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day or even birthday presents for the fun-loving man so why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a Lord of the Memes meme book all three books are available on Kindle, Hardback and Paperback on Amazon And we're back, so the build is finished and the Kaiser Chiefs have just finished their uh, sound check. So, what else have they added onto this uh, stage? Well, they've built a row of garages, yes, that's right, a row of garages, but it's just the fascias. Because in the uh, garage door sections, you have have an LED screen in each of the uh, three garage doors and these AD screens are the high-resolution transparent LED glass screens and it looks really really sharp and also stage left and stage right have also got a LED screen that's arced slightly in at 45 degrees pointing in towards the mixer at the back of the arena and that's just for added effect I would suppose I mean they've got the resolution on those screens and it's just a nice little enhancement to it. And I do believe that that's mainly going to be for camera close ups and all the VT is to go on that small screen that's hanging down at the back of the stage and the uh, 3 garage door screens as well. So I was wondering why there's only a small screen hanging and this will be the answer as to why so everything's all ready to go they're just about ready to do the next sound check because we've got two more left to go and then when we come back after the next ad break we will take a look at the show itself we'll be back after this and we're back so the sherlocks the house lights went down and they walked onto the onto the stage in a dark blue and pink wash of a little bit of face light and that face light was a little trickle from the front house set bar. So one thing that I have to stress on this is space, space being very, very tight, and so so you just gotta remember this. So due to the stage being full of equipment, the Sherlocks couldn't move around too much. And yeah, so they were heavily restricted in that movement. So they couldn't have much of a performance because if they did, they'll end up tripping over another drum kit or someone else's guitar stands, other mic stands, amplifiers that are already there. So they were pretty much rooted onto the spot, which was a shame, but it didn't really affect their performance too well. They just uh, couldn't interact with each other because they were... Uh, spread across a few little islands of uh, stage that was available, so they're in twos, and that's the only way that they could interact with as twos rather than an entire band, because everything was in their way. Lighting-wise, they had only a side light from the from the flowing side trusses and some of the uh, moving lights that are on the floor and that was pretty much it so they're getting cross lit with a little bit of face light and their set was pretty much a same look throughout with a a few variations and they were also gifted a small handful of the uh, profile units that are on LX1 that was behind them and at the top so it, when they were used, which wasn't all the time they were in tight narrow beams which were there to use to emphasize points of the song you know, in whites, a little bit of gobo breakup, up or, or even a little bit of gobo rotation to hit the audience as well so nice little stabby lights but that's all they had and it did look good, basic but good they were constantly lit, which is all they needed to. Uh, that which is all they needed at the end of the day. And they changed one of the colors from the wash per uh, song. So that is about it. It's just a little bit of background color on a white on a whitewash, so they can be seen. And that's essentially it. Now, sound-wise, damn, it was good it was definitely 22 karat gold clarity and it is a really it was a really high standard i enjoyed that sound mix it's out it had a lovely balance between all the uh, vocals and instruments and keeping everything nicely balanced as well personally i did feel the uh, sherlocks had a real good set and at one point It did look quite impressive actually, the drummer lost one of his drumsticks, so as he he hit the drum and uh, raised his hand up for uh, a second go, the uh, drumstick left his hand, spammed through the air and uh, and went behind him. And for me, that kind of went in slow motion, you could just imagine with the uh, drumstick just gliding through the air. But like a true pro, before anyone even noticed that the stick was in the air he had pulled out a spare stick and carried on drumming as though nothing had happened. But it was funny to watch, it's not often that you see that and a good drummer is a prepared drummer and he was definitely a prepared drummer. And as I said earlier on, which is not their fault because of the distance from the rest of the band and whatnot and the stage being cluttered where they couldn't really move around it did affect their stage presence but then again they were big enough on their own in their little sections of the stage and it did look good and they did play really well considering and i do feel like the sherlocks were an excellent choice for a warm-up band because the the audience enjoyed them and you could tell that because they're singing and dancing and bopping up and down at points and whatnot, but I did feel sorry for the lead singer at one point. His radio mic failed at the start of a song, and he didn't—he didn't realize because uh, what goes what he hears in the um, mix on stage is not what he's hearing front of the house. So he didn't realize that his microphone died. He didn't so he was singing for a while you could hear him being picked up in into the microphone from the guitarist next to him which was used for backing vocals and then the uh, guitarist went up to him he's like, oi, your mic's dead, use mine and then, <laughs> then he swapped over and uh, the uh, sound engineer managed to uh, raise the volume and make it sound more prominent because it's now the lead vocalist microphone But it was good and yeah the show carried on he didn't stop doing he didn't want to restart the song he just he just carried on from where he was and they just looped the song around because it's their song they can loop it around and he started the lyrics again they just didn't stop playing it was good it's good to see that and yeah they just carried on like true professionals and absolute troopers. That is exactly how you'd want a band to react just like okay right it's died we're gonna carry on and and we're just gonna do what people want us we're gonna do what we're there to do and that's perform so it went down and that went down really well with the audience you just had that vibe because when that song finished they had a real massive round of applause right so let's get straight on to how the Fratellis were well they started off with the can can theme for their um for their overture so we've seen this a lot recently this year that bands have different songs by different artists as overtures before they start for their intro and the fratellis were no different but the can can what an interesting uh, song to use uh, for your overture and you had people in the audience Dancing the can-can obviously yeah, not with their dresses showing their knickers, but <laughs> They uh, were there just doing the uh, can-can leg movements you uh, most of which were uh, pissed-up young men <laughs> But it was funny to watch and uh, people clapping along to the can-can although the stage was dark it was empty and Seems as as the overture had finished Lights came up to reveal the band who were then pretty much uh, in position ready to go and and yeah they kicked straight off as soon as the uh, Can Can finished Lights were there they went straight into their song now fortunately for the Fratellis they had more space on stage because the Sherlock's kit then just been moved out of the way been cleared from the stage because it was no longer needed and it was more animated so you had the three uh, female backing vocalists uh, for the Fratellis who were rooted to their backing singer position but they were constantly dancing uh <laughs> they're dancing like a 1950s doo-wop uh, girl group which was fun and uh, the Fratellis themselves they were they were fun to watch they were fun to listen to so let's get on to how the show looked yeah, so yet again the lighting was kept as basic wi- as possible because I guess they just didn't want to ruin the look for the uh, Kaiser Chiefs but it was fine it was yet again wash after wash with a slight colour variation and what they did for the colour variations rather than the uh, light coming from the uh, flame side trusses. They just had the colour variations on the floor units which just crossed the stage. Lighting up the drum kit, lighting up the amplifiers and whatnot, lighting their legs. And it did look good. It's not often that you see that these days because that's quite an old school lighting technique. Just lighting the underside and lighting the top side completely different. It's a nice accent colour and I'm going to stick with that name accent colour that's how I've always gone with it some people are like what you're talking about but at the end of the day if you're going to have multi colours on the stage and you want to distinguish it I would always call it an accent colour because it was always an accent of the main colour of the wash now sound wise once again perfect as perfect sound quality as you could get I suppose I mean it wasn't quite platinum standard, but it was very very close to it, very clear with the clarity, every vocal from the backing singers to the lead singers to the other band members who had a few uh, bits of backing vocal as well from time to time, they were all heard perfectly and uniquely and combine that with the instruments being played yet again it was very very unique and you could hear absolutely everything in its own right and it was all perfectly balanced as well and the Fratellis well their stage presence came across tenfold to that of the Sherlock's and yet again I will remind you it wasn't the Sherlock's fault because they really couldn't move around because they are rooted to the same spots because of the space on the, the stage but the Fratellis they use coolness They're enjoying themselves on stage, the audience were enjoying them playing as well, really so much. You had people singing, dancing, yet again, bopping along. And everyone in that whole arena, from both audience, crew, and the band, everyone just enjoying the vibe. Had a real good atmosphere in there, really did. And a good song selection as well few covers but and and some of their own songs and it was a great set to see a very great set to see very well done on the vocal uh the vocal ability from the lead singer and the instruments played impeccably well what more could you ask for so two very strong support bands for the kaiser chiefs and everyone that was in that everyone that was in the arena today definitely had value for money. I mean three amazing bands who are playing really well and have got a good stage presence. Definitely good value for money on tonight's show. We'll be back after this. Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Master X Major. Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections. Each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own right but unfortunately the author never got around to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive and decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to Working at Sea which with the last 7 short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2 but were too good to be left unpublished section 2 not quite short stories but more once that could be seen to be short stories about christmas section 3 monologues from the twisted mind of the author and section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author so a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems very interesting read and if you like anger this is a book for you this book is available on paperback, hardback and ebook format on amazon and we're back so the kaiser chiefs wow the uh, house lights went down and a vt appeared on the top middle screen so you had the three screens on stage in the garage doors you had that little screen on top so i'm going to refer to that one as the top middle screen and it was of someone glancing through the eye hole of a door and every time they glanced through that eye hole of the door you saw what they were seeing through the eye hole and that was one of the band members so so you'd see what they're seeing through the eye hole and it was a member of the Kaiser Chiefs and it was about a five to ten second glimpse and then the screen would go black then then the next person came up to the keyhole on the door and then the next one, and then the next one and then once all the band members had been seen through the keyhole of the door all the screens then changed to the Kaiser Chiefs walking down the street to a set of garages the lights went down and when they got into position the garage doors appeared on the garage door screens with Kaiser Chief (laughs) logos and graffiti and then the lights made a silhouette of someone on top of the garage roof it was the lead singer and he began to sing and the, the lights came up so a nice intro an interesting intro to say the least singing on top of a garage hey they're being unique and individual and I've not seen that before so a great way to start a show so lighting wise they kept it with the less is more ethos so when I say that the lights in their rig they just kept the lights quite basic just like the other two uh, bands to start with but with the full rig obviously and the uh, stage was more white light than it was with colors and they would add in the accent colors to uh bits of the songs and whatnot and cover the audience and lights from the uh, from the tight beams profile units on LX2, LX1 two, LX and LX2 and the side lights were lighting the stage with the accent colors the front light was coming from front of the house and the screens the four screens on the on the stage were doing the legwork with the uh, very brilliant and sharp visualizations and VT graphics and they were bold and bright, and as I've said many a times, sometimes you don't want your kit to be outshone by other bits of the kit. So with their high definition glass LED screens which are going to be super bright, there is no need to design the lights to be all intricate and having lots of shapes and whatnot, because the screens will wash out, the bright would wash out the detail from the lights. and the lighting designer knew this so the screens were doing the legwork and the lights on stage were mainly mainly there just to keep the band seen and in places to uh, emphasise bits of the song sound wise just like with the uh, supporting artists it was definitely just shy of platinum quality but of a very high grade 22 karat gold standard for the uh, mix for the clarity and for everything sound related it was very crisp sound you could hear absolutely every aspect of it it didn't all merge into mishmash it was perfect in near enough every single way and it was great and refreshing to hear three bands on the trot with such great sound because sometimes when you got someone with when you got a band with the really good uh, sound engineer the support bands don't get a great sound engineer and and they lose quality but this was an exception to the rule and it was a great exception to the rule very very good sound in fact i'm going to come up with a uh, i'm going to come up with a new expression it was the goldilocks zone of sound so just right everything was just right so from now on you're going to get sound-wise uh, the comment of 22 karat gold clarity and being in the Goldilocks zone of noise it's a good way to put it I think, very good way to put it now how was the Kaiser Chief's stage presence they were superb they had the audience eating at the palm of their hand and at the end of the uh, first song the lead singer jumped off the stage into the pit and vanished and then with a small interlude from the band a spotlight appeared at the mixer and there he was on a little perch his own little small stage which was like two meters by two meters and a single light on him so he did his second song on there and then The lights went down with another interlude and as if by magic he reappeared on the stage moments later. So he would have had to do a big leg it moment from the from each stage to get to the other stage from the AB from the A stage to the B stage and from the B stage to the A stage. Proper legging it but that's how they do their show then that's how they do their show. It was great though I did enjoy that and Throughout the whole show, the Kaiser Chiefs had people singing and dancing. They had pe- they had screaming, cheering and applauding at the end of every song. And during songs, so that is always, always a good sign as well. And it was just a great atmosphere all round. A really good value for money show. And if people were fans of all three of these bands but didn't see it... You definitely missed out. You really did miss out. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, why not check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below. And we should catch you next time. Bye for now.